Welcome to Impact Church's podcast with Pastor Travis Hearn. Pastor Travis also serves as the team pastor for the NBA's Phoenix Suns and has served Major League Baseball as the team chaplain for over a decade. Today, he leads us with a powerful and hope-filled message. We're so glad you're tuning in, and we believe that wherever you're listening from, that God will impact your life through today's message. I want to start by reading in Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 through 5, and it says, look at somebody and say, I'm here for it. No, not the same person, somebody different. You got to get to know somebody. All right, let's stand to our feet. Come on, stand to your feet for a minute. Stand to your feet. Find somebody, find one person you don't know. Go meet them. Go meet them right now. One person you don't know. Name, where they work, what they do for a living. We got time. We got time. Make sure you get their date of birth, social security number. You you can be seated. You can be seated. I want to start by reading out of the book of Joshua, chapter 6. And it says, now Jericho was tightly shut because of the sons of Israel. No one went out. No one came in. But the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have handed Jericho over to you with its king and the valiant warriors. Verse three, and you shall march around the city, all the men of war circling the city at once. You shall do it for six days. Also, seven priests shall carry seven trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. Then on the seventh day. You shall march around the city seven times and the priests shall blow the trumpets. Verse five, and it shall be that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout and the wall of the city will fall down flat and the people shall go up Everyone straight ahead. Then I'm going to jump down to verse 20. It says, when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord. I'm going to open us in prayer. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your love, your presence, your spirit with us today. We pray that your word would change us, shape us. God, mold us, make us. We love you. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. 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 Look at somebody and say, did you say amen? Tell them, did you say amen? We got to hold each other accountable. We got to hold each other accountable. How many have heard this story before? Raise your hand. You've heard this story before. The walls of Jericho came down. I want to dig into this. The ancient walls of Jericho are 
historic. They're famous. Even non-Christians, non-Bible readers, they have likely heard the, the, the story of the walls of Jericho. But I want to talk about these walls for a minute because these walls were not just any walls. These walls were not just the normal wall around a city. Jericho was the most heavily fortified city in all of Canaan. In fact, its walls were believed to be unbeatable. The walls were believed to be insurmountable, impenetrable. The city of Jericho, it was built on a hilltop and its walls, they were actually double walls. So the city of Jericho built on a hill, had a wall around the city and then further down another wall around that wall. I have a image that I can show you that kind of, kind of draws out and illustrates what Jericho looked like. So you have two walls, a lower wall and an upper wall. The first wall, the lower wall was around 15 feet high and about six feet wide. The second wall it, the upper wall, it was about 25 feet tall and about six feet wide. Those walls, they created them and built them to be wide enough where chariots and horses could ride around atop the wall. That they could survey, that they could keep their eyes on enemies coming in. Those walls, they were also preventing you from being able to see inside. So the enemy could not see. The, the, the walls created this idea of blindness. I can't see what's in front of me. I can't see what's ahead of me. I don't know what's on the other side of that wall. I don't know what's on the other side. And man, I listen, Impact Family, I feel that right now in my life, maybe you do too, that I've got not just a wall that stands in front of me, but it feels like a double wall in front of me. It's massive. It appears to be unbeatable. It appears to be, uh, uh, it's so massive and it, and it, and it appears to be insurmountable. It appears to be in penetrable and it is blinding. I can't see. I wish I could see at verse one. It says that the walls were, were tightly shut. Look at that again. At verse one, it says that Jericho was tightly shut. No one came out and no one came in. I've got some walls that feel just like that. They are tightly shut walls that I desperately I desperately need to break through, but man, they seem tightly shut. The, the devil's grip on the situation is so tight that his grip, it, it appears to be getting tighter and not looser. Does anybody feel this with me today? Like, man, I've got these walls that I need to come down, but but man, those walls are big. Man, those walls are tall. Man, those walls, they are tightly shut. What walls stand before you today? What is the wall that stands between your today and your tomorrow? What is the wall that stands before you 
in your promised land? What walls seem tightly shut and that Satan has his grip on them and it doesn't seem like it's going away? What are the giant walls that stand between your failure and your future? What are the walls that stand between your addiction and your freedom? Walls. We all have walls in our lives. Walls of shame. Walls of guilt. Walls of regret. Walls of hurt. Or walls of offense. And it's those walls that stand between your past and God's promise. It's the wall that stands between you and your heart's cry and your answered prayer. It seems impossible. It seems insurmountable. It seems impenetrable. The wall, listen, it wants to stop you in your tracks and keep you from moving forward into God's promises for your life. Listen, the devil, the enemy has been lying to you, telling you that that wall will never come down. But that is a lie of the enemy. And don't buy the lie because those walls might be big and they might be mighty and those walls might be tightly shut. And those walls might even feel ancient like they've been around for a long time. But I woke up and came to church this morning to preach verse 2 to you today out of this passage. Look at it again with me. Verse 2, it says, see... I have handed Jericho over to you with its king and its valiant warriors. See, somebody say, see, look at somebody and tell them, see, see, I love this verse because God's telling you to see something that can't yet be seen with your actual eyes. He's saying, see, what do you mean? See, I see a wall. See, I've given it to you. See, I've given it to you. I've handed it to you. I've given it. It's already done. Look at somebody. Tell them it's already done. It's already done. Listen, those walls shall fall. Say it out loud with me. Those walls shall fall. Prophesy to somebody sitting next to you. They need to hear you tell them right now. Those walls shall fall. Those walls shall fall. It's not if. It's not even when. It's already done. It's not if they fall. It's not when they fall. Those walls that it's already done. See, I have handed Jericho over to you. It's already done. Even though it doesn't look like it's even started, your miracle, it's already in motion. You just can't. You just can't see it yet. You just can't see it yet, but it's already done. I know it like I know it. My miracle is complete. It's like the sermon last week I preached on the miraculous crossing of the Jordan River. They stood staring 
at this raging river at flood season. And it looks like this raging river. But God had already done it. He had already dammed up the river 17 miles away in the city of Adam. But they just couldn't see it yet. It was already done. Listen, I feel strongly in my spirit today that God told me to tell you it is already done. I've already done it. You might not be able to see it yet, but it is already done. You can't see it, but it's already done. Today, as you stand staring at those massive Walls. I want to give you three things to remind you, to remind you, three reminders for your life. And number one, if you're taking notes, y'all should be taking notes. Everybody should be taking notes. Everybody should be taking notes. Everybody, you should be posting them, encouraging them, texting them. Number one is that I walk by faith and not by sight. Second Corinthians chapter five, seven, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Let's read it out loud together. For we walk by faith, not by sight. One of the hardest things that you'll ever have to do in your life is to walk by faith and not by sight. It's one of the hardest things you're going to ever have to do. Is walk by faith and not by sight. To walk anyway. To keep going anyway. To forgive when I don't feel like it. To extend grace when I don't feel like it. To take a step of faith when I don't feel like it. It doesn't look like something to me that I want to do. The devil... The devil tries to use your eyes to tell you lies. The devil loves to use your own eyes against you to persuade you, to convince you. Come on, y'all. Y'all don't remember Genesis chapter three, verse six. When the woman... When the woman saw, do you see the word saw? When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she, she took some. The woman did it first. Women always leading us men off a cliff. (laughs) When the woman saw, it was pleasing to, to the eye. She ate it and then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Cause if you're married, happy wife, happy life, man. You want me to eat that? Sure, babe. (laughs) When she saw the fruit, it was pleasing to the eye. She ate it because 
as humans, we allow our eyes to tell us lies. And there are these big, massive walls that block our our vision. It, It blocks our ability to see forward. But we need to walk by faith and not by sight. We need to not be sight driven, but be vision driven. Vision driven. I walk by faith. I walk by faith, not by sight. Listen, even before the Israelites came up to the walls of Jericho, the enemy was trying to use their eyes against them. I don't know if you remember this, but they sent spies into the land. They said, go spy it out and tell us what you see. Do some reconnaissance. And 10 spies came back. And this is what they said. We can't go up against the people because they're stronger than we are. So they gave a negative report to the Israelites about the land they had scouted. And the land we passed through to explore is one that devours its inhabitants. There's no way they're going to kill us. And all the people that we saw in it were men of great size. We even saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak. They come from the Nephilim. These people are giants. They're huge. They're mighty. They're powerful. They're massive. Even if we got through the wall, they're enormous. Then look what he says. He says to ourselves, We seemed like grasshoppers. And we must have seemed the same to them. I think this is, this is profound to ourselves. We seemed like grasshoppers. See, that's what the devil tries to do to us. He tries to make us feel less valuable than we actually are. He tries to make us feel smaller than God actually created us. We feel like grasshopper. I can't do this. I'm just little old me. Who am I? Who are we? And God, God, God's message for you is actually the opposite, which is what the devil's trying to pitch to you. And the reason he's pitching the opposite to ourselves, we seemed like grasshoppers and to them, we must have seemed the same. Listen, there's a lot of words used in those scriptures. None of them are facts. None of them are truth. Seemed. Must have seemed. Seemed, by the way, comes from the same word in our vocabulary as see see it seemed it seemed not not only does it seem like we're grasshoppers i'm pretty sure they think it seems like we're grasshoppers too not only do they seem huge but we seem tiny in comparison to them not only does the wall look massive, but they look like massive giants and we seem like tiny grasshoppers. Listen, lies, 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 because seem is not truth. Seem is not truth. And so the devil does the same exact thing to you. You're too small. That's too big. That wall will never come down. There's no way 
you're ever going to get through it, around it, under it, or over it. It's too big. You're too small. Lies, lies, lies. Because here's the truth, truth, truth. Are y'all ready for it? Look at somebody and tell them I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Here's the truth. The actual truth that the devil does not want you to know is that you are the giant. Your enemy is the grasshoppers. Tell somebody right now, it's not what it looks like. 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 Have you ever thought something looked like something and it wasn't what it was at all? It's not what it looks like. It's not, we get easily deceived, persuaded, convinced because of what we think we see. And it's not even what we're seeing. It's not what it looks like. Listen, verse one, look at it again. Verse one. Now Jericho was tightly shut. Because. Of the sons of Israel. Jericho was tightly shut because of the sons of Israel. In other words, Jericho was tightly shut because Jericho was afraid of the real giants who thought they were grasshoppers. It's not what it looks like. Listen, somebody in here, you need to hear this right now. Walk by faith, not by sight. You've been living that verse backwards. You've been walking by sight and not by faith. You've been living that verse backwards. You've been walking by sight, not by faith. You've been walking by fear. Not by faith. You've been walking by facts. Not by faith. And because of this, that's why you're so miserable. That's why you're terrified all the time. That's why you're so anxious. And by the way, that's why you're stuck. Because the wall did its job. I almost named it that. That was almost my title. The wall did its job. You let it. You let the wall do its job. The wall has stopped you in your tracks because it terrifies you and it blinds you. And you keep blaming it on everybody else. The reason you haven't stepped out, it's, it's not your, it's somebody else's fault. You've been blaming it on other people, other situations, someone else, something else. No, you have been the problem. You have been in your own, the wall's not in your way. You're in your own way. And what happens is we get comfortable, don't we? 
Well, some of you are so comfortable that now you're uncomfortable. Because instead of walking by faith, you tried to live your life walking in comfort. I just want to be comfortable. And your comfort has now made you uncomfortable. And you've been trying to live by facts and not faith and by sight and not faith. Listen, I I came here to tell you this morning that it is time to take the step of faith. It's time. It's time. You've been waiting on God. I got news for you. He's been waiting on you. Here's your sign. Take the step. Write that book. Take the step. Start that business. Take the step. Plant that church. Take the step. Start that ministry. Take the step. Take the step. Take the step. You wanted a sign from God. Here it is. Take the step. Take the step. Go. Go. I hereby give you permission in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Go, 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 go. Take the first step. I I love this scripture in the book of Luke chapter 19, verse 26. In a message translation, I love the way this read. I love it. It says, risk your life. Let's read it out loud. Ready? Here we go. Risk your life and get more than you ever dreamed of. Play it safe and end up holding the bag. Some of y'all have been holding the bag. Take the step. Take the step. I prayed for everybody this morning that would listen to this. And this is my prayer. That as you take the step, as you take the step, my prayer for you is 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. Here's my prayer for you. As you take and step out in faith that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Take the step. Stop looking at the facts. The facts are lying to you. It's like, oh, I just got to get my money right. No, Kanye, you don't got to get your money right. (laughs) If everybody that's ever done anything great for God was waiting on the right financial conditions, nothing would ever get done. You know what I've learned? I've learned this in my own life, in my own ministry. Just start doing something great for God and the money follows. The money will follow. Just start doing something great for God and the finances, they will flow. It's already done. It's already done. God has already done it. Now he's got to do it in you. God has already prepared the way. Now he's got to prepare you. Number two. Walk on God's word. Hopefully you're taking notes. You should all be taking notes. Everybody should be taking notes. You should be posting them. You should be sending to friends. Walk on God's word. Hey, it doesn't matter if you like it. 
You're like, I love God's. No, you don't. You don't love all of it. <laughs> it doesn't matter what. It, walk on God's word. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you feel. Well, I don't feel that. It doesn't matter. It does not matter what you feel. I'm sorry. It does not matter. It is what's best for you and it is what will bless you. Walking on God's word. Walking on his word. It doesn't matter if it makes sense to you. It doesn't matter if you agree with it. It doesn't matter if you like what it says or how it says it. It doesn't matter if your heart feels differently from what it says. It doesn't matter if his way to do something terrifies the living mess out of you. The moment that you shift gears in your life and you start walking on God's word instead of walking in the world. The moment you shift gears and start walking on God's word instead of your own worries is the moment that you start to walk in the supernatural miracles of God. Everybody wants to walk and see the miracles of God, but nobody wants to take a step of faith. So I walk on God's word, God's word. I walk by faith, not by sight. I walk by his word, not my worries. As the Israelites faced Jericho, they needed a battle plan. Like, dude, Joshua, we need a strategy, bro. We need like the strategy of all strategies because Jericho bad, you know, there's not one wall. There's two walls and those people are huge. What's the battle plan? Joshua, we're starting to feel like we trust you. I mean, you are a new leader. You got us through the Jordan river. Woo. That was crazy. We walked across Jordan. That was crazy. We went from Jordan to Jericho. Jordan to Jericho. How many of you feel that right there? God got me through that. Well, now I need you to get me through this. And it's just like this rinse and repeat, God. Here I am again. Joshua leading through the Jordan and leading through Jericho. What's the battle plan? Oh, man. I got it. I got it. Huddle up. Huddle up. Huddle up. Bring it in. God gave me the battle plan. This is what we're going to do. <laughs> We're going to march around the city once for six days. We're going to march on the first day around that city. And then the second day, we're going to march one time around the city. And then the third day, you know what we're going to do? March around that city. And then the fourth day, we're going to march around that city one time. And then the fifth day, we're going to march one time around that city. And then the sixth day, we're going to march one time around the city. And then the seventh day, listen, huddle up, bring it in. Seventh day, we're going to march seven, seven times woo, 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 around the city. And then, dude, our spiritual leaders, the, the priests, man, they, they're going to blow their horns, man. And then we're going to go, yeah. And the walls are going to fall. Come on, bring it in. Let's get a break. Can you imagine being there in the moment, listening to Joshua? Like, would you hear what you had to hear that right? Like, 
So the battle plan is we're going to walk around the city a whole bunch of times. And then the pastors are going to blow a horn. And we're going to just, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I often wonder what happens when we don't do what God tells us to do. Well, how would this story have ended if they went now? How would this story have ended if they, whoo, if they kind of did it? How would this story have ended if they marched around the city Five times, four times, six times, six and a half times. How, how would this story have ended if they, if they marched around the city, got to the seventh day, and instead of seven times, it was six times? Because that's what we do, right? We'll live out this part of your word, God, but not this part. And we think God's the problem. God, you're not getting me into my promised land, but you're the problem. You're the problem. Clap for yourselves. You're the problem. That's it. Ready, break. That's the battle plan. That's the war strategy. And he says, this is because this is what the Lord says. It is shall be verse five it shall be say those three words it shall be that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn and when you hear the sound of the trumpet all the people shall shout with a great shout and the wall of the city will fall down flat i love that it's just like an extra piece of like emphasis it's like it didn't fall down it fell down flat and the people shall go up, everyone straight ahead. Yo, Josh, I'm just curious, like, you really think this is going to work? It doesn't really make sense. Would that make sense? I'm asking. Well, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter if it makes sense. It matters if God said it. Did God say it? Did he say it? And if he said it, then it's truth and it's good for my life. I think we look at the Bible as like a book of bummers. Like, I can't get drunk. Well, that's a bummer. <laughs> I can't commit adultery. Gosh, life sucks. I mean, it's all these hot girls everywhere and that's a bummer. You mean to tell me I can't murder and not even like once, like just there's one person, this one, this one, Lord, Lord, this one person. The Bible is not a book of bummers. It's a book of blessings. And when you walk it out, your life is richly blessed because of it.
do what he says to do. It doesn't matter what he said. You know, when I was a little kid, my coach used to say, if I say sit, don't look to see if there's a chair behind you. That's how I was raised. These kids today, y'all soft. This new generation, soft, soft. I said, sit. Oh, let me find a comfy. Is there a recliner? I need a lazy boy. I need a lazy girl. Like, ah. Oh. Like, when I was a kid, they said, you don't look to see if there's a chair behind. You're like, sir, yes, sir. That's right, we don't. That's who we are. We don't need no chairs. Soft. Soft. Soft AF. I should not be a pastor. I don't know who let me do this. One of my favorite stories about faith is, do you remember the story when Jesus is walking on water? It's like the coolest story. Jesus is walking on water. I want to read to you a little bit of this story. It says, when the disciples... This is Matthew 14. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Can I, I want to stop for a second. Isn't it weird how our minds make stuff up in our heads? I'm 100% sure the disciples had never seen a ghost in their whole life. But they're like, that's a ghost. They've seen Jesus. They've walked with Jesus every day for three years. They know, no, that's a ghost. That's what our minds do. So, so, so let's go on. He said, it's a ghost. But, G, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I am here. Then Peter called out to him, Lord, because humans, we always need reassurance. Lord, if it's really you, because I think it's a ghost. Tell me to come to you walking on the water. I have another question. If you weren't sure and kind of thought maybe it is a ghost, are you getting out of the boat? <laughs> Peter's overcoming some stuff right here. I mean, this is a battle in the spirit realm. Tell me, if it's you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come. Jesus said, so Peter went over to the side of the boat and he walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sing, save me, Lord. He shouted. Jesus immediately, because we serve an immediate God, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Jesus said, why do you doubt me? There's another sermon for us. Why do we doubt him? After everything he's done for us, after all the goodness he's 
been to us. After every wall he's dropped before us. After every giant he's slayed before us. Why do we doubt? Why, why do you doubt me? And when they climb back into the boat, the wind stopped. The disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. Once again, it's a story about how their eyes told them lies. It's a story about how my eyes have deceived me. Look, look, look what it says. They saw him walking on water. So they were terrified. They saw their eyes are telling lies. They, they saw Peter saw. He saw the waves. He saw it. My eyes were telling lies. I thought it was, I thought it was, it seemed, it seemed, it seemed like it was a ghost. It seemed something demonic, something scary. Could, could it be impact church? Could it be that the very thing that terrifies you today, the very thing that you think is the devil trying to drown you is actually God trying to get you to step out and start walking in the supernatural and walking on water. When the disciples saw him, they were terrified. When Peter saw the strong wind, he was terrified. It's fascinating to me because this story really is not so much about Peter walking on water. If you ask me what this story is about, this story is about Peter walking on God's word. He said, come. That's the word of God. What? Okay. If God says, okay, I'm going to walk on the word of God. Jesus could have said anything. He could have said, do a swan dive into the water. You're going to breathe underwater for an hour. He could have said anything. He says, yes, come. Yes. Come. Listen, I, I feel in my spirit and I have felt this so strong all morning that I feel God telling you today that it is time to come. It's time to step out of the boat. It's time to come. Step out of the boat. It's me. It's me. I'm here. I got you. Jesus is saying, it's me. I got you. I'll be here the whole time. Step out of the natural and into the supernatural. Step out of the known and into the unknown. Step out of your comfort zone. Step out of familiarity. Listen, one thing I know is true for your life is that your miracles are on the other side of your step of faith. 
they're not going to happen while you stay in the boat. It's tempting to stay in the boat. Man, it's tempting to stay in the boat. It's tempting to stay in the boat. You know why it's tempting to stay in the boat? Because it's familiar. It feels, even though it's not, it feels safe. I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. And so it's scary to step out of the boat, but there's so many boats. Some of you today, you, you've been sitting in the boat of resentment. God wants you to step out and forgive. Some of you, you've been sitting in a boat of guilt and shame. And God wants you to know today that you are forgiven. No strings attached. Some of you have been sitting in the boat of comfort. And God says, I need you to get out and start that new business. I need you to start that new ministry. Go, go, go. Some of you have been in the boat of brokenness because let's face it, you get more attention staying in the boat of brokenness than in the boat of healing. Oh, are you okay? You're still not okay. Aw, still praying for you. Love you. Step out of the boat. You've been sitting in the boat of fear and worry. The boat of facts versus faith. And God's telling you today, come on out. I got you. I'll be here for you. Come on out. Come on out. Step out of the boat. Number three is to devote your future to God. Joshua chapter six, verse 21. They devoted the city to the Lord. They devoted the city to the Lord. When the trumpet sounded and the army shouted and at the sound of the trumpet, And when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed and everyone charged straight in and they took the city and they devoted the city to the Lord. Man, I love this. The reason I love this is because Jericho was the first city of all the cities inside of Canaan, the promised land that they conquered. That was the first one. And because it was the first one, they took everything from that city and they brought it to the temple and they dedicated the city to the Lord. It's signature of what the Bible talks about first fruits. First fruits, first fruits, the first of anything is yours, God. The first of my heart, the first of my time, the first of my earnings, my income, the first fruit, not the last fruit, not the middle fruit. Definitely not the last one. There might not be any fruit left. 
So we're going to dedicate this one. This one, God. This one's for you. I'm going to pray with you. Would you bow your heads with me? Maybe. Maybe you're here today. And you have never devoted or dedicated your life to Jesus Christ. And if that's you today, I am so glad you're here because I live for this moment right now to be able to give you an opportunity to acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. If you're here today and you say, man, PT, that's me, I'm here I, I mean, I know a, about God a little bit, but I don't really know God. God wants a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with you. And today, the best decision, the biggest decision, the most important decision you can ever make in your life is today to say, Jesus, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you say, PT, that's me. I want to accept Jesus as my savior today. I want to accept Jesus as my savior and devote my life to him. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, would you just raise your hand so I can see it and pray for you? Raise your hand. I want to devote, dedicate my life to Jesus. There's lots of hands. There's so many hands. I can't see all of them, but keep them up for just a minute. So I want to pray for you. I'm proud of you. God, I thank you for every hand that's lifted because God behind that hand is a special person that you have created uniquely a person that you've breathed life into you've given us our emotions and abilities and talents and opportunities families So God, I thank you for every hand that's lifted to you right now. And God, with our hands up, we say today, God, we surrender our life to you. If your hand's up, you can pray that yourself. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. I surrender my life to you. I give you my life today. I want to live for you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for forgiving me. As your word says, Lord, that you remember our sins no more. As your word says that you cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. God, we have a, we have a good God and we're grateful. Maybe you're here today and you're standing staring at these huge walls in your life. And you've been feeling like it's over before it's even begun. If that's you today, I want to pray for you. Man, PT, I'm standing before some walls today. I don't know. I don't know if God can restore my marriage. I don't know if he can heal my heart. I don't know if he can heal my bitterness and my resentment. I don't know. I don't know if he can fix this mess. I don't know about this 
this situation, this financial I don't know if God's going to bring my child back, my prodigal son, my prodigal daughter. I don't know if he's going to do that work in my husband. I don't know if he's going to do that work in my wife. I don't know if I can be set free from addiction. Walls, walls. If you're here today and you say, man, that's me, I, I, I. I got some walls. I want you to raise your hand because I want to pray for you. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of us. I'm with you. My hand's up. God, I pray for every hand that's lifted right now. Every wall that we stand before. Every wall. It's already done. Those walls shall fall in Jesus' mighty, mighty, mighty name. Those walls shall fall. Build our faith. Fill our faith cup. Let us see with faith and not with flesh. And God, we will devote this victory to you we will shout this victory from the rooftops we will say about it and sing about it and talk about it and write about it and text about it and post about it and share about it god we will give you the praise we devote this victory to you in advance god we trust you with tomorrow we trust you. We trust you. Listen, somebody been walking around those walls. You're on your sixth time. You're almost there. You're almost there. Don't stop marching. Don't stop praying. Don't stop interceding. Don't stop praising. Keep marching. Keep walking. One step at a time. Those walls shall fall. God would trust you. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you and get you more connected. Visit impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life.